we say um, amazing things at funerals and we do amazing things at funerals, but we sometimes we don't do it in advance. And I think that that's something that's pretty powerful and I love the concept. I, it's just, I can't even put into words how grateful I am for everything that she did for me. Oh my God, yes. I'm so glad you two did this. And, you know, every day is not a guarantee. We are the pallbearers of positivity. She knows her worth and her value. And she doesn't let anybody walk over that in any kind of way. I have behaved myself. I have done everything I'm supposed to, and it's still not enough. You're there. Like, there is nothing more to achieve. Like, right now, you are the person that you thought you wanted to be in your obituary. Like, you're already that woman. Y'all are amazing. I'm obsessed with the both of you. Welcome to your funeral. Thank you for joining us today at the Welcome to Your Funeral podcast, the podcast that simultaneously boosts serotonin and dopamine with a twist. I'm Virginia Silkey. I am here with my co-host, Beth Savage. We hope you enjoy this unique episode of Welcome to Your Funeral. The entire installment revolves around Emily Moore reflecting on composing her obituary. Her insights were so captivating, sometimes hilarious, and oftentimes very meaningful, and we couldn't bear to leave anything out. So without further ado, here is a whole episode with Emily Moore reflecting on her obituary. My name is Emily Moore. Um, I use she, her pronouns, and I think the most important thing about myself is that I'm a weaver in both my personal life and my professional life. Um, I think weaving to me for work in my role as a policy analyst is, as I've, you know, as I touch on in, in, in this, this discussion, is really around like how do we connect each other deeper, more personally, more transformationally, so that we can can change this world that we live in. But like personally, weaving, you know, to me means finding my people, finding my place. And that doesn't necessarily have to just be where you live, right? Like yep. for me, for me being a weaver is, is finding the ways that we connect each other and support one another and, and create these, um, you know, very transformational uh, relationships that carry us forward and, and fuel us. And so um, that is, if I had to like, on my headstone, Emily Moore is, I would say Emily Moore was a weaver. All right, so. It's nice to see you, A. I just want to say that and to see your face. And um, this, I hate to say this to former students, but because it sounds like I'm their mommy or something, but I'm so proud every time I see what you're doing. (laughs) Like, it makes me so proud. And I'm like, I know her because like (laughs) you're changing shit. Like you're doing stuff. You're being powerful in the world. And I'm proud of you. That's all. You know that uh, we do, we often do some weird uh, some weird things, but they all are based in usually based in science of some sort. So what we're going to do is we are going. I'm going to send you an email, and it will have a PDF in it, um, and you are to go through the PDF page by page. Um, and what we're going to do is send that to you, and then when you are done, you will come back to the studio, and we will chat about it. Here to sit in the discomfort. I am a crier. I am a crier. One eternity later. Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always sweaty, so good for I am you. Just so sweaty. <laughs> um, are you so sweaty because you were just so engulfed in thinking about 
life. Aww. Engulfed is not the word, I don't think. But yes, I'm just like having maybe a little bit of an existential crisis. No, no, no. Well, no <laughs> in, a, in a good way, I think. If existential crisis, okay, okay, then, okay. Yeah. then yes. by all means have it. Yes, Particularly yes. online in front of other people. No, um, that's where if you're going to have one, it like needs to be witnessed it. by strangers. It's the best way to do it. How yes, we learn exactly. from one another, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> like that's the whole point. That is true. Um, yeah. So, just like overall, was it more intense than you thought, or? I think it was a different level of intense than I thought. Okay. I didn't cry, which like that's not me. So now I'm kind of like, hmm. Something wrong? Did I change in the last <laughs> day or so? I? Like, I am a crier. Why am I not crying right mm. now? But in a way, I think it was, it was intense in like an empowering kind of way. But also, I was able to like poke some holes in some things where I'm like, oh yeah, all right, uh, I'm not dead yet. So like, here's where I'm gonna change so much of my young adulthood to my work that I had such a hard time talking about myself personally, and it's kind of a, a bit of a crisis that I have been dealing with over the last summer. I just uh, finished up a leadership program through Virginia Civic Engagement Table called the Virginia Progressive Leadership Program. Super introspective uh, and a lot of it's done in community um, with a lot of other folks. And um, I was like, yeah, wow, like here I am 29 years old and I feel like I should have all these crazy stories to tell and so much of what I connect my identity back to is my work because my work is so personal right and like such an important piece but I, as i was writing this i was like wow like i have a ton of professional accomplishments to talk about but like where's my personal shit in here <laughs> well, sometimes that's the realization i think yeah. uh, both dr savage and i oh i just turned into professor lady um Ooh. both beth and i dr savage dr savage <laughs> what, would you weigh in on this um both beth and i have also come to that realization which is part of why we are doing this is 100%, like let's yeah. do a thing together that we love that isn't yeah. work related that's risky yes. yeah and so emily i was so interested to have you on because you are so young and because your work is your passion do you know what I mean? And so like yeah. I, in some ways, I really kind of look up to your generation as um, people who are more empowered, who really think about their boundaries. Um, and so I was super interested to hear you be like, I got this obituary, you know, like <laughs> I'm doing exactly what I'm meant to do in the world. I put but the you... bitch in obituary. <laughs> right. Yes, Emily. Yeah, and, and so, but I do, and especially in the kind of work you're in, it feels so, it seems like it would feel so personal, you know? And so it how does. can you stop when you go home because you know what's on the line. Yeah, I, I have yeah. a, I don't know if we're gonna get into like me reading my obituary back to you or what this is gonna look like, but I have a line in there that I think speaks to that, which I'll, okay, I'll well, hold for the time being. But, no, no, uh, read, tell read, us, tell, tell us. Tell us. Yes. Go, like we want your like raw feedback. Like, and if that's the line that sticks out to you, like let's Please. do it. Yeah. yeah, so I've got this, this whole thing, my accomplishments, all the things that I would want people to talk about to me. And then I have, Emily has recently come to the re had recently come to the realization that rest is our birthright and was striving mm. to slow herself down and find joy in things more intentionally. And that is so where I am right now. Mm. I've been doing a lot of work um, around like Dr. Sean Jinwright's um, healing centered engagement and really like moving beyond our trauma to like what's possible with yeah. us. And so I've in the last I probably like five, six months been like, you know what, Emily, you get to say no to things yes. and that's okay. And like, no can be a complete sentence. Um, but it's what? hard Silky's to like practice to tell what I preach. Really? Yes, it, is, yes. it is. My favorite thing is like, you can say no and you don't have to explain yourself because yeah, yeah. 
mediocre white dudes never do. They yeah. just say no. But women yeah. constantly say, yeah. like, right, we're constantly in a place where I have to be like, oh, well, let me tell you why I can't do this because yeah. I'm already committed to all these other things. But I really wish I could do this. And, like, men just yeah. say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I love and, like, that you say it. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, we don't, we and we don't never criticize it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that you said practice what you preach. Talk about it, and I, I'm slowly integrating the right things into the right spaces. But damn, it's hard. It is a lifelong struggle because I don't know how you come home and don't bring your work home with you. It's about like the people who have so much stuff to offer are the ones who have imposter syndrome. Right? Oh my God, it's so funny you say that because like, I don't know if you can see imposter syndrome like right here. <gasps> oh my when gosh. You were like, what did you say no to because you knew that it would derail your goals? Like that's the first thing that came to my mind for the first year of this policy career that I like switched to from social work out of nowhere. I was like, I'm not qualified to be here with these people. Like they've got 50 letters after their names. They have like all of this experience and like, I am just a social worker. And it took, I mean, I don't even know that I'd say I'm over it, the imposter syndrome. Sure. Like I still yeah. walk into rooms sometimes and I'm like, ooh, girl, do I belong here? Like, am I supposed <laughs> to be here? Wow, this is this is nuts. Uh, but yeah. for me, like saying no to that is like how I was able to like, how I'm able to just keep going. I'm like, you you can't accept that. But like, yeah. ooh, is it real? So tell us a little bit about how you're figuring out setting those boundaries. Yeah. it sounds like so, you are. I'm trying. I'm okay. trying. Yeah. I'll tell you the biggest thing is in the world of policy, social justice policy, child and family policy, all of these like pieces of the world that my work touches, it's so intersectional and interconnected that like we at Voices where I work are the only the state's only multi-issue child and policy child and family policy and advocacy organization. Wait, so we're the only in Virginia? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of policy and advocacy orgs, but no other ones that are specifically focused on these intersectional issues that impact kids and their families. Wow. We don't do our work in a silo, that's for sure. We, sure. we certainly work with our partners at like Virginia Poverty Law Center and the ACLU and, you know, really yeah. great folks doing really great work. But like we are a team of nine and we are covering so many issues that are important and there's just no way like literally from a capacity standpoint that we can do yeah. all the things yeah. and like at the same time how do we say no to yes. to taking on issues that are important and foundational to like getting children and families out of poverty it's a fight and it's a struggle mm -hmm. and there's we're a policy team of three <laughs> so oh, you know wow. the three of us covering like mental health policy and child welfare policy and early care and education policy and healthcare policy and tax policy boundaries, right? It's like, <laughs> where, we where do we All draw right. those? Mm -hmm. And for me, it really has been this struggle of like, yeah. how do I separate and say no to these things that like are not only going to change other people's lives, but like would change my life too, right. you know? So yeah. it's, I do struggle to like find that, that switch because I mean, you just don't, you, you don't turn these issues off. If you work in them right. all day and then they're all over the news and they're all over your social media and then like you personally deal with them. Like my mom, for example, is on Medicare. She has been a victim of the system, if you will. Oh. I mean, trying to get health insurance and, mm -hmm. you know, turning 65 and trying to, you know, live on a fixed income and do all of these things. Like it's yeah. in my personal life too. So like, how do you turn that off? I don't know. No. I'm still working on it. But the, the thing that I have really truly leaned into is like just finding things that 
that I can do that are separate from work. So like y'all have your, you're like, I get to do this podcast. It's so much fun. Yeah. Like separates yourself from work a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I joined a kickball team, <laughs> an adult rec kickball team. So what is your kickball yeah. team's name? Do do? It is Trippin' Balls. <laughs> Shut up. I do, I do yeah. appreciate a pun. I appreciate a pun. Yes. So we are tripping balls. We uh, drink and play kickball. Uh, We are in super social. So um, we there's some leagues that like they really compete for like a championship and like a belt and the whole nine yards. We are not that we lose. I think our last two seasons, we have maybe won a combined three or four games. We suck. We suck. We're so do you have fun? Oh, my God. We have so much fun. (laughs) So it's my release. I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm going to go play kickball. I'm going to go, you know, do this thing. Yeah. I got to find something uh, that, that does not work. Um, yes. And I started throwing pottery again. So that's a lot of fun. What? That's amazing. Uh, really bad. So this is where I very much have to focus on breaking that inner perfectionist. I had, I had a craft, but uh, mm-hmm. my craft is out the window. My last three pieces have been terrible, but I've got them displayed around the house because Good. Well, right. They're That's like right. making yep. the ashtray in seventh grade, right? Like, yes. like somebody's going to want to do something with this. Emily did yeah. not make an ashtray in seventh grade. I did not. <laughs> because I smoking was already like not cool. Okay. Yeah, I've got an ashtray I, I made for my mom. And I was like, she's going to use the hell out of this because she smokes like a chimney. Um, my mom so, yeah. does too. Okay, I, good, I good, actually good. think by seventh grade, I was probably still showing up to school. Like mom smoked with the windows up on the way there, like yes. smelling like oh. cigarette smoke. Like I yeah. was the ashtray. Um, <laughs> so wait, Emily, do you, I want to see yes. your pottery. Is it somewhere you can grab? Yeah, give me a sec. Okay, so I've only okay. got two of them, but I will share them with you. I'll just, I'm so, so this excited. Is the first one. They teach us like how to, you know, you have to like build it up and bring it back down and like smooth okay. it out. Mm-hmm. This one uh, didn't get too smoothed out very well, but the glaze made it look really cool. Okay. So this is my first little, it's just a little jar. It has no no real purpose other than that it's you know kind of cute. I did a other nice than it's job epic. down here. I like the bottom. Yeah, I like the but bottom. It's, it's, and uh, the top. not even. But oh. uh, I would what not. Is, I would really not have noticed like, that. Yeah, whatever. That's how you know now, it's handmade. Now this one um, is a mistake that I embraced. Um, I accidentally jammed my thumb through the side of this, and there was really no way that we could like fix it other than to like give it a little swirl. So it turned out like this. I love it. <laughs> and that I is... gave it this glaze because it kind of looks like a little cinnamon roll. It kind of gives it me looks like donut perfect. vibes. It's like you could, it's like a little spout. It looks intentional. Let me show you. I want to show you really quickly the pottery I made. Do you have a yes. minute? Yes. I have like however many minutes. This is it. This is it. It does not I exist. I never made anything in my life. But I think the way we define success from a very young age is so measured it's so like reach this level and and then we get really really scared about things like art where there is not a clear level where everything feels subjective and we suddenly because we all measure ourselves by these completely subjective external right um characteristics or validations that we get really really scared to do those things that matter to us and that Mm -hmm. cannot be judged objectively you are a woman you have to push harder and I just love so much that, like, we're starting to, like, throw that idea in the trash can. We're like, you know yes. what? I actually 
don't have to get two hours of sleep and do all these things. Like sometimes my work can just be good enough. It doesn't have to be gold star every time. And like sometimes my good enough is probably somebody else's gold star, right? But like I love that there are parents like y'all and folks that are like telling the next generation, like you don't have to adhere to these bullshit standards that actually don't mean anything. I'm at this point where I'm like, the world's probably going to end. Like, I probably need to live a little. And like, <laughs> yes. play throw out the expectations. And... Yes. Yeah. Play the kickball. Make the yeah. pottery. Trip in the ball. Yeah. Trey Cheers. also play kickball with you? Yes. And uh, he is a little more competitive than our league um, is. And so, so he's a little uh, mad that you haven't won the belt. Yeah. I don't think he's coming back uh, to our team. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's decided like either he's not going to play or he needs to move up in the ranks. Like, how do you, how do you manage the the fiance, the kickball, and the saving the world Emily the entire that we love. state of Virginia yeah but and yeah and apparently all the policies in <laughs> right, Virginia right. but how do you do that and still maintain an Emily yeah I I appreciate that question uh and I don't know that you're going to appreciate my answer um, <laughs> I, will, I will accept your answer regardless <laughs> I I'll tell you um our focus probably in the last like year since we moved to Richmond has probably been more on work just because we have been both trying to like get our footing here and we've both just kind of realized like neither one of us want to work neither one of us want to grind neither one of us want to hustle anymore and like what does that look like in actuality we're having a lot of conversations around like how do we prioritize us Mm -hmm. how do we prioritize like the things that bring us joy when do we go back home and see our parents when do we go back home and get biscuitville and not tell anybody that we're there (laughs) time out i've still never been to biscuitville i'm hanging up bye emily (laughs) sorry i'm Uh, leaving this episode is over but the one in Madison Heights has my heart. And just a random fact, that is the northernmost Biscuitville in the country. Northernmost? So, yes. In Madison Heights? In, yes. They're only in North Carolina. I think there's one opening in Charleston. And then there's through four in Virginia. Uh, and the one in Madison Heights is the most nor- the northernmost. I am their number one fan. Um. So <laughs> what, what kinds of things? So definitely the boundaries are something you're already thinking about. Like, how can I be my own person? Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, give as much as you can to your job, but also turn off when you come home. So clearly that's something that you're already working on. Is there anything else that you wrote about there? And I'm glad you didn't cry. I am. I mean, kind I'm of, a little disappointed. Kind, not gonna of, kind like, of disappointed in myself. I wanted to come <laughs> back like, look at me, I'm right? broken. Is there anything else? that you felt, so some of the questions were like, what have you not done or or who will miss you the most? You know, any of those questions that you feel like opened up a little door for you? Yeah, I sat with the who will miss you the most. Actually, so it's funny, at first I read it as who will you miss the most? Right. And then I was like, oh, oh wait, God. I'm dead. I was like, oh yeah, I'm dead. So that, this is not <laughs> what that says. But I sat, I sat with that question actually for a bit and I am still not sure that I've just got, I I just don't know if I know the answer. I, you know, it's funny when I listened to Siobhan's episode and she was kind of talking about this too, I I got really teary eyed listening to that because I was like, man, I know that question, if it comes to me, it's going to hit me. And it did. And I still hadn't like given it the thought ahead of time that I 
now kind of wish I would have. But like part of me, you know, I go, of course, first to my mom. Like she birthed me, right? Like birthed me and then dealt with me. I was a monster. Like you're laughing, but like I'm serious. Like she got me almost out of jail a couple of times. Like I probably should have like, I I probably should not be the successful woman that I am. (laughs) No, you absolutely should be regardless of past. You got to take risks, right? Fair. Yes. And Lord, did I take some. And she got me out of so much shit. I know I gave her her whole head of gray hair. Like, I just know it's all for me. And yet, uh, if my brother listens to this, like, I'm still her favorite kid. And so. (laughs) He needs to know. Okay. That's only funny because, like, the majority of people that we've interviewed have been like, P.S., I'm my mom's favorite. Like yep. everybody wants that yeah. shout out. So we'll give you that yeah, shout out. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And she will tell you that. And she'll tell him that. She's like, good, you know what? Good. Like, I love you, but she's my favorite. And I think yes. maybe because we had to become kind of like friends for a minute there for me to like mm-hmm. listen to her and pay attention to her and like learn from her. God, like, is she going to miss me the most? And then, and then I was like, I have literally spent the last 11 years of my life with Trey. Like we, we live together. We spend damn near 24 hours a day together in most cases other than work like we i've moved him away from his family and his friends to the city (laughs) okay you didn't move him he made the choice you both moved together very fair um but i was like man like we've grown up together like literally started dating when i was 18 and he was 20. yes and like have been through some growth and some sure. like the worst times of our lives, the best times of our lives. Like yeah. I, I, I've got these two very different situations and I'm like, I like, I can't, I can't compare these two. Like they'll both right. miss me the most and miss yeah. me differently. But like, okay, again, yeah. not a competition, even no. though we made it sound yeah. like one, yeah. but so you think those would be the folks who miss you the most? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really hit me. I was like, man, like, it, those they know me inside and out and upside down and and in between and yeah. I just oh that question I was like I can't die because right. <laughs> yeah I don't know how the people around me are gonna handle it yeah. I'll tell you the person who will miss me the least is my cat Benson <laughs> he's gonna be like thank God she's gone cats Evil. think well they think they're not gonna miss anybody and then no one feeds them and they're like rude they're like wait a minute Trey doesn't feed me (laughs) it was Emily all this time time. a couple of weeks ago I he has an automatic feeder and I did forget to feed to like fill it up and like he's like rubbing us like being super nice to me and I'm like what is going on and then I realized he had no food and hadn't eaten all day and I was like okay well is there anything else about your obituary that was helpful or eye-opening or useful to you because again I we're ready for people to be like Nah, I got this. Like, I've thought about all these things before. So if not, that's fine. But if there's anything unusual that kind of hit you different, you can tell us about it. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny as I was thinking about this, I wonder how much of this is just like what I think about myself. I'm kind of really Mm. curious to see what other people will say, because I really do wonder how, like, how refined I try to explain who I am and all Mm. of these things and like how raw some other folks might be Mm -hmm. and I have I've been thinking about this like I know that there are things that people will probably say about me when I'm really gone that like they're not going to say right now because I know (laughs) I'm going to hear it (laughs) and I'm like like what what do you think people will really say you know I 
am a bit of a loose cannon uh, when I'm having a little too much fun. And so mm -hmm. I think realistically, like if I had like, let's say something happened to me, I die and a bunch of like folks get around like a bonfire and start drinking some beer, passing some tequila around, celebrating Emily. This is what I hope that my, my memorial service is in real life. Like just people sharing their most wild stories. They're gonna they're gonna share the moments where like Emily had too much to drink and she threw up in public or like Emily passed out on a sidewalk or like hey remember that time Emily got drunk and got on a bird scooter and like wrecked herself like <laughs> I know those are the type of stories they will tell about me when I'm gone that they're probably gonna like not say to y'all oh. and it's something I almost feel like I, I teeter between like hmm, I should maybe be embarrassed like I should, people should not talk about that and I'm like you know what no like Emily has this other side of herself yeah. that she shares with the people closest to her and sometimes people that yeah. I don't know accidentally when it's gone a little too far um they accidentally but get to see it <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but it's, I'm, I'm curious how people talk about that, you know, mm -hmm. and how they like teeter this line of like, while we're here, we have to be respectful and we can't make people look too, we can't get too personal and we can't make right. people oh, look people too People are human, fun. people be people yeah. in, yeah. Yes. no matter what. Yes, but how often do we try to make ourselves the most presentable version oh, of absolutely. ourselves? Oh, all the freaking yeah. time. Right? Yep. So I'm really trying to lean into this like, you know, sometimes I don't make the best decisions and I can still go to work and be a professional. I can still go out into the world and be Emily and like yeah. all of these things can coexist. Um, exactly. Better or worse. <laughs> Mostly better. Mostly better. Mostly. Yeah. Let's go with that. Let's go but with that's that. what like that's how that's how you leave your influence on your friends. Right. Like you're not saving them and the way you're saving like, I don't know, the entire state of Data Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but you are like those are the things that people remember like you do change people's lives in those little ways like because they remember those really funny stories like and, the scooter that right. i'm now very intrigued by i can't but. i'm there's gonna a video there's a video. oh hallelujah i okay. will have to share that with you for thank the lord your sometimes good Please. things come to those who wait that's right yeah, yeah. um it was uh I, I i have not gotten on one since i'll tell you that <laughs> So, I can tell you that I've never experience. been on a scooter, so yeah. don't do it. Okay, <laughs> no, traps. I will. I will die. Yeah, but I think, you know, so when we go back to the idea of like success as being defined by other people, right? Like, certainly you are one of the people we're going to interview who have success in changing people's lives as your job, like literally as your job, like legislatively, you are changing people's lives. But on the day to day, like it is that little stuff that people remember, like Emily is so fun and she's not full of shit like she's not fake like she can hang out with us and be her real self and here's how we benefited from that because we laughed our asses off like as i was writing this obituary for myself i really was focused on all these like accomplishments yeah, and i right. i think about when the when the the script is flipped um yeah. that like folks probably aren't going to write about those things like they're not right. going to write those things about me they are probably going to be like you know what she was a ball of fire. She didn't take any shit. <laughs> she did not right. give a damn who heard her say what. Trey will tell you like how many times he's had to like grab me in public and be like, you have to watch your language. Like there are children. Like, you know, the things that, that make us quirky and like, yes. you know, set us apart from like what society kind of sets us up to do. Um, I hope are the things that folks call out about me that sometimes I don't celebrate. Um, out of all of the reflection that you've done, what was the thing that you were like, 
damn, I should have thought about that previously and hadn't. That's a good question and a tough one. I think, again, it comes back to me just realizing the way that, like, I talk about myself and present myself and criticize myself and try to, to put this image of me out into the world that, like, for, for what reason? And, again, just recognizing that, like, you know, so much that I wrote about myself was like all these external accomplishments and, and how much how much better I, I can be um, like in celebrating who I am and like because you're out amazing. that person. Yes. Right there. Right there. Yes. Right there. You're amazing. Yes. Heart. Yeah. So what is your favorite thing about yourself, Emily? Like, what are you most proud of? I think, you know, if you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have said, like, I am so hardworking. I strive to do so many things. And I think the answer for me today is that I give myself so much grace and compassion compared to, like, what I've given myself in the past. Like, I am learning to love this version of me now and knowing that, like, I'm not going to be her tomorrow and I'm not going to be her in two weeks. And like, Mm -hmm. that is okay. This idea that like healing is not linear is like really sticking with me of like, it's, it's okay to have a bad day and like, don't beat yourself up about it. And like, it's also okay to have a bad week. And like, sometimes you have a bad month and I, I have not done this in a silo. I really like shout out to my coworkers. We are all social workers, which like doesn't happen in a policy space ever Mm. and I got into this work like the hustle the grind like we're gonna do this we work in urgent systems and my colleagues are all like no we're not we are gonna rest we are gonna take time off we are gonna set boundaries like if we can't do the thing we're not gonna do the thing and if we can't do it you know well and with community then we're not gonna do it either and so they've really taught me like in the last year like say no but like mean it like don't just say yes. it performatively right because you're you're, yep. you're you're you feel like you have to but like say it and mean it and for me having somebody else giving me permission to give myself grace and mm-hmm. space like yeah. has changed so much for me i'm not great at it like there's still days where i'm working for like 12 hours and haven't taken a lunch break and i acknowledge that but then there's days where i'm like you know what i've done two tasks I'm going to call it a day. Like, so I I think my favorite thing about myself in this moment is the ability for me to like love her back and, and to like give her permission to, to take it easy if you need to. And, and kind of, you know, just, just have that compassion for yourself that you want to have for others. I really appreciate that you put that into words so beautifully because I think that's something that everyone struggles with. The wish that it had been modeled for me before 29 right. <laughs> and I want to help model yeah. it for, yeah. for young people, you know, now. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's funny when, when we hear some of these like folks that are like, oh, well, young people don't want to work. They don't want anybody to tell them what to do, like yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, good for them. Like, can you yep. imagine a world where we weren't just like striving to to make the widget, send the widget out the door? Like, <laughs> can you imagine a world where like we, we actually connected with each other and built community with each other yes. and like really cared about each other? Like, right. like how it's a possibility. Because I spent yeah. so much time putting all these accomplishments and all these things because that is what society told me I had to do. And I'm like, I don't want to be Emily Moore, social worker, Emily Moore, this, I want to be Emily Moore, 
Period. Period. Like whatever human that beings. means. Yes. I yes. want to be, be Emily Moore, the person. Yes. And absolutely. it is possible. Um, and I, I think, you know, there's a lot of work that has to go into it. But like trying to really, it's not just about changing these like big systems, capital S, like changing right. these like societal systems that we've created that say you've got to go, you've got to go, you've got to go. Like, yeah. why are we retiring at 65 to die 10 years later? Like, I want to live right lucky. now. Yeah. Timing of this is just so so opportune and touching for me because similarly as i mentioned we lost trey's dad and like his memorial service was a celebration of life like people sang and they they celebrated and they told all these fun stories and it was like Mm -hmm. this is what this like i hate that it had to it had to be here and now right but like this is what it should be like we should be celebrating in that way and i'm just this podcast comes at such a an, a, an important time in realizing that like we got to be doing that right now hey gosh we all deserve to hear what people really believe and think about us like right now because when we're dead yeah. it doesn't fucking matter and i think Absolutely. too like this interconnectedness of us as people like far too often our relationships are so transactional but yeah. like what if we really focused on having more transformative and transformational relationships with each other yep you know, like yes. the the way we show up in this world is so like tit for tat and it doesn't yes. have to be. So like deconstruct, you are doing your part to like deconstruct this idea that like this is how it has to go. Like, no, we can be deeply vulnerable with each other. I yes. am like, I will show up to a meeting with a bunch of strangers and like at Voices, we do diversity welcomes um, and like all of our meetings and we get real personal. We're like, this is how mm. I am personally connected to this work. and. In some spaces, people are like, this is not professional. And we're like, we like to talk about work-life integration because we are Mm. not different people. Like I bring my shit to work with me and I take my work home with me. Like there is no work-life balance. It is is all about integration, baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is how we change systems. We can Mm -hmm. do policy all day long, but until we deeply connect with each other and like our issues, like that, that that is the work is like connection with each other. That is what we are missing. We are an individualist society and we don't have to be. We don't have to be. Oh dear. I know, I know. I was gonna say, if your goal was to make Silky cry, you have achieved it. You have unlocked the next level of Silky. Yeah. I That's am beautiful. sorry and honored. Just I'm I'm thankful for y'all. I know yeah. I I appreciate you finding a space to celebrate me and like my accomplishments and like me and my humanity. But like I would be remiss to not say that like I stand on the shoulders of so many people who got me here. Like I'll take credit for some of it because like I'm damn smart and like I yeah, have worked really are. hard. Yes, you did. And there are a lot of people that like lifted me up when I was not ready to lift myself up. Pulling down the bricks, we are deconstructing all of this. Like one of, I I actually put this in my obituary, but like one of my favorite quotes, and I've got it on like sticky notes and all over the place, um, is by Erin Dottie Roy. And she says, another world is not only possible, she is on her way. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. And like, (laughs) doesn't that just, you're like, you know what, it is possible. We can do We truly can, and I honestly believe that, and even more so after hanging out with all of you listeners and Emily. A whole new world is approaching. We got this. With individuals like Emily Moore leading the way, positive changes are unfolding, Emily's generation is taking the world by storm. They're the grown-ups now. And P.S. They will not be taking the same shit that has been dealt out in generations past. 
I'm here for it. I'm ready to learn a new way of being. It is so time. Thanks for listening. Today was a fantastic episode and there is so much more to come. We encourage you to share with your friends, listen to more of our content. Um, And this is the part of our podcast where if we had sponsors, we would talk about them. So just for giggles um, and the other word I won't say, uh, I can't help but think that Biscuitville played such a significant role in infusing this episode with laughter and joy. I feel like if Biscuitville ever considered sponsoring us, they'd be winning, we'd be winning. I would actually try Biscuitville for the first time, um, though sponsoring podcasts is probably not Biscuitville's like priority, um, but our podcast would be a super great choice for them because we have their number one fan who knows a disturbingly surprising amount of Biscuitville history off the top of her head. Um, I'm just merely suggesting that Biscuitville should potentially take notice of our amazingness. We hope you will tune in for Emily's funeral episode. It is epic. You won't want to miss it. That's all for today. From us at Welcome to Your Funeral, Virginia and Beth wish you a fantastic day. Remember, folks, embrace your people.